Well, uh, I, I guess uh, time flies, you know. Um, here we are in March already, and uh, it's amazing. I sent an email uh, to my staff last night. I resent an email that I sent to them back in January about the state of our team and uh, 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 basically a scouting report on each guy on the team and where they were at that point and ultimately where we were as a, as a team. And it was, it was really interesting reading my own words about the team and the, uh, the growth that we've had even since that time, January seems like light years away. And so uh, I, you guys may know this, um, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I've been working on a book the last several years and I haven't really been able to tie it all together because something always happens that belongs in it as we're going and when we were in reform Alabama on the way back from Mississippi State reform became a title for one of the chapters that experience that we had coming back from Mississippi State um, and ironically the name reform um, because since that time, even though it wasn't reflected in our early conference schedule, we started to turn things a little bit, the makeup of our team and um, the uh, return of LEL after Christmas. And then uh, when we got to the last several weeks here, uh, the emergence of Kane as the real leader inside our locker room. All of those things have happened since that, that time. And uh, we've become a different team. We've become a team. And it's been reflected in our play. I think the challenge for our team going forward is, I know this is a long-winded, but this is not a post-game thing, but I do want to bring you guys in, you know, like, the reality is there's always a narrative around mid-major basketball that the regular season doesn't matter. You just have to kind of be good at the end. I, I think it's a real poisonous narrative that I, that we try to guard against. I mean, we, we, we work really hard, and all of these games matter. And if you adopt this mentality that everything you're doing right now as you're going through the season doesn't matter and all you have to do is be your best at the end, I don't think it's a good way to go about things. And it's not something that I want these guys to wrap their arms around. I want them to embrace the good, the bad, and everything that goes with this journey that we're, that we're on. So, um, and now that we're going into the tournament, everyone's going to keep telling them how hot they are and how good we're playing right now and getting hot at the right time. And we're not hot. We're just playing better basketball than we had been playing and we happen to be winning enough, but we're not hot. We're not on a roll. And I, I, I think we're playing the kind of basketball that we would have hoped if we were right to be playing in December. The reality is we still got some catching up to do. And if our mindset is that we're on a roll, we're going to be coming home really quickly. But if our mindset is that we got to continue to improve, we got a real chance. And I believe that's where we are right now. 
But uh, us having a week of practice here will reveal that one way or the other. Appreciate it, Coach. At this time, we'll take questions from members of the media. Coach Marcel to Sports Inquirer. Before we get to the tournament, two of your players are recognized all-conference in Kane and Corey. What about those two seniors? You mentioned Corey, his d- development in the offseason, and then Kane, his leadership throughout this year. What about those two being recognized by the conference for uh, what they've done so far this year? I think that's great for them, um, but I, I think both of them are beyond that at this point. I think they've had that those kinds of recognition in the past. I think the reason that they came back is that they want to play in the NCAA tournament. And uh, I know that's their goal, and I know how disappointed they'll be if we don't make that a reality. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of those guys. I'm proud of all four of the seniors that they've been resilient and, uh, and they've helped us get to a point where we can go into the tournament with a true belief that we have a chance to win it and, uh, and, 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 and a real humble understanding that we got work to do. And I, I think it's a credit to those guys that that's the way they're going about the business right now. Have the guys accepted uh, you're telling them that we're not on a roll you know, we're not a hot team. Have they accepted that philosophy that there's still work to do? I sure hope so. I, I think I was pretty convinced in Stan about that. But I had video footage to back it up. And so I, I think when we when we watched the film on Monday following that message, uh, you know, there's some things that we've been working on for a long time that we're still not good at. So they're either going to be honest with themselves about that or they're going to believe people who are telling them they're on a roll. But there, there's some really fundamental things that we need to do better um, that when we play the best teams, we're not going to be able to omit those things and expect to win. So um, I don't think I don't think they took it as me just posturing because I think the film spoke to that message. Looking at the games uh, themselves on Saturday, the two teams you'd have to prep for, one of them you played in the last week of the regular season, the other one you haven't played in in a year. So what are the differences in getting ready for those? Well, I mean, it's obvious, you know, um, you know, there's a level of familiarity with the personnel and with the the concepts um, with Monroe and their, the concepts they run have, have given us trouble now. I mean, they were a good offensive team and it's they five out on the perimeter and it really just puts us in a bind. And you really have to, you know, we always use the phrase that you have to be on edge and they really put you on edge. They, they put you in some real dilemmas. So, um, so that's fresh in our minds, but Arkansas state is a unique situation because we only played them once last year too. And we went into the game talking about transition defense, transition defense, trend, you know, these guys run so hard and got this great player who rebounds the ball. And, and we, we've been a pretty good running team and we've scored a lot of points, not this year, but in the, in the past. So when we were telling our team how good these guys are at running, I don't think they really bought it. They're like, well, you know, we're the ones that do the running around here. And when the game started, 
these guys were running at us so hard. It was a real wake up call for our team because they were better than us at what we try to do. And you felt it during the game, like transition defense, like we got to get back with some urgency. These guys are coming. And it, it, it really uh, is as soon as we brought, you know, the bracket came up and we mentioned them, our guys themselves were like, oh, we got to play transition defense. So there's a respect and a familiarity there that we would take into that game for sure. And, and uh, Chris Kreider has a scout and we know that he'll have us prepared. This is your third year. This is how would you say the balance is in the conference this year, top to bottom, going into the tournament? Yeah, this year is the best. It's the best. You know, um, you know, there's, there's, there's no easy games. You know, we certainly haven't played any. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, we won nine out of ten. And then the three games prior to that were uh, last second shot and two overtime games. So, I mean, it's par for the course in the league. And uh, so I would expect that to hold true in the tournament and uh, make for a really exciting tournament. And I think the atmosphere in Pensacola last year was really good, even with the restrictions that COVID had placed on the conference tournament, you know, because I had heard in the past that it wasn't a great environment in New Orleans. I don't know that, but that was kind of the, the word that I, that I had received from my fellow coaches. And I thought with COVID being as present as it was at this time last year, um, I was surprised at how, good of an atmosphere and a setup we had. I was proud of our tournament and I would expect that this year would it be uh, an even better version of that. It's Marcel again, uh, Sports Acquire. You mentioned the veterans in your lineup. Does that help in a way as far as preparations? No, they know what to expect. You've been to Pensacola last year. Uh, does that just help with the, the just preparing for this contest, having a lot of seniors and upperclassmen that have been there before. It can. Yes. You know, sometimes when you got young kids, if they're really good and they don't know any better, sometimes that could be good too. Um, I don't think having veterans is necessarily an advantage, but it's not a disadvantage um, because I do think there's a lot of veterans throughout the league. I think most of the good teams in our league, have veteran players, older players, or guys who have been in this league. And, and there's a lot of newcomers to our league that are veteran players. So, um, you know, with, with the transfers that have come in. So I don't think it gives us any clear edge over everyone. Um, but certainly uh, guys are going to go in knowing what it's about, what it's going to take. You talked about just kind of the path the season's taken, and obviously you probably would prefer to have Ellie in every game, but given that the early games gave Jaheim that experience, and now they're all three back, and you kind of have two bigs at a time on the court that you trust defensively, do you think ultimately those months for Jaheim paid off for him being a contributor in this rotation now? I think so, but, you know, uh, Jaheim's a unique young man. He's really competitive. You know, he's got a lot of growth ahead of him. He's got a lot to learn about the game. He's got to get in great shape, um, but he's not afraid. So, you know, if we had started the year with Ellie 100% healthy, 
I think Jaheim would have done a lot of the same things he's doing. You know, I, I just think he's a guy that when he gets out there, he's super competitive. Um, him getting forced into it, I think it forced him to pick some things up better that we're doing. Um, but sometimes the game is going a little bit too fast for him and there's a little bit of information overload for him. But through all of that, he still plays with a level of fearlessness that's going to serve him well. He's going to be able to expand his game in the future because he can really do a lot of things on the court. He just still learning college basketball on the fly a little bit. But um, but I, I don't think his contributions would have been much different this time of the season had Ellie been here the entire year. Buzz, or was it just something that came to you? What? Uh, well, there was a number of things. There was, there was some, uh, you know, we had 15 scholarship players, which is a lot. And... You know, we were we were juggling with some personalities and some role definition and some things from inside our team. And um, there was there was a lot of disruption, you know, from a roster standpoint. And we were forced to make a change at that time because of that. And then when we got stuck there, the bus broke down in reform. And there was no like like the bus companies were closed. We couldn't find anybody to come and repair it. And it's midnight. And between Chris Kreider, a friend of a friend, we, he wound up calling a gentleman who knew a gentleman who was the um, athletic director and coach at a high school in Tuscaloosa, which was about 40 minutes or so away from reform. And this gentleman got out of bed, went to the high school. I can't call the name of the school right now. I don't, I don't recall, but his name was Curtis Weeks, this, this coach. He grabbed a school bus from his school, drove to Reform, picked us all up, and took us to Tuscaloosa and, and took us to a hotel. And we stayed overnight in a hotel and got up the next day and traveled back to Atlanta. And that uh, act of kindness by this gentleman um, was, uh, it was a great experience for all of us because we were so wrapped up in our woes as a team. And, uh, and I was, that email that I spoke of earlier was a byproduct of that trip. You know, me just assessing everything that was going on inside of our team. And it was ironic because all of those convergence of things that happened around that were really like the springboard for us to improve. Um, And it forced us to look in the mirror and that time together um, gave me some clarity. Um, And when we got back, I had some hard decisions to make and some hard conversations with guys. And, uh, and I thought that created a path forward for us. It wasn't, we didn't reap like immediate fruits from that. But for me personally, I felt like it gave me some clarity of like, all right, here's the way I need to do things going forward for us to get right. Very, a lot of clarity. I developed a lot of clarity out of that trip. And, uh, and I think, you know, sometimes from a leadership standpoint, that's what 
staff, players, they, they need a clear message sometimes. And uh, I developed some clarity from that trip. Well, you know, I think one of the most disappointing things about the part of the year when we struggled, since I've been here, I've been fortunate with the guys I inherited and for the most part the guys we brought in that we've had a competitive group, that we've been really competitive. Um, in practice and in games, there's a certain level of competitiveness that we bring to the floor and that we're going to be in most games for that reason, if nothing more. And I felt like there was a time during the year where we had lost some of that. And I, I you know, to your question, I think we've gotten that back. We've recaptured that just that competitive spirit um, and the confidence that comes with that and the aggression that, that you exhibit when you're really competitive and we're getting better with our execution on offense and defense. We haven't been a great offensive team where we've been a, a, you know, I wouldn't say prolific, but we've been an efficient offensive team for our first two years. This year we haven't been. And so we've had to rely on our defense and our competitive spirit that I'm speaking of is what surfaced. And we started finding ways to win games, even if they weren't pretty. And now somehow we've got to be more efficient on offense without losing that competitive edge that we had developed defensively. And that's going to be what will carry us if we can get this done. You, you talked about it a little bit after the game Friday, but it's like this group is, it seems pretty close and it's like, you just don't want the thing to end yet. Yeah, I feel that, you know, um, When we, when we lost to, I want to say it was Coastal at our place. Mike, I don't know. Were you in the locker room after that game? Yeah. Um, I, I want to make sure I got the right game. I'm pretty sure it was that game. And LEL missed a free throw. Missed a free throw at the end. He took that so hard. And I walk into the locker room to kind of do my post-game speech, you know. But the way our locker room is set up, when you walk in, there's the the, uh, the, the video set up. But behind that is the locker rooms. There's another door you got to go through to get to where the lockers are. And everyone's seated in their chairs, and I'm getting ready to speak, but Eliel is back in the locker room. He can't come out because he's so emotional about missing the free throws. And you can hear him and his emotion in the back. So instead of giving a speech, we go back there with him. And the the, the guys kind of it was it was a it was a it was a it was a sad moment because I felt bad for him. But in that moment, it's like we all forgot about the game and we're all worried about Ellie. We we're all just like. You know, and you, these guys were doing the talking. We're in this together. We're, you know, this is the way that they were talking. And um, and I and I felt like after that we were going to be okay. You know that 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 we that we're still we're gonna we're gonna find a way to get through this stuff. You know, and I and I think Ellie deserves a lot of credit for being one of those guys who everyone else has it in common 
how they feel about that guy. You know, you have different relationships with different guys throughout a locker room, but everybody has the same perspective on Ellie. And so that's neat to have in your locker room.